This episode of Inside Talent is brought to you by Visage.jobs, the crowdsourcing platform for sourcing. Visage sourcing technology blends 4,000 sourcers and AI to find diverse talent within hours. Need to build your pipeline quickly? Check out Visage.jobs. Uh, it's Craig Fisher. I'm with Joel Cheeseman. He is the founder and we call you CEO of a one-person company uh, of Poach. Sure, that's the only reason to start a company. <laughs> I'm CEO, CEO, bitch. That's right. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're talking today about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about Poach. We're going to talk about podcasting. We're going to talk about the return of in-person events. We might talk about uh, the record-setting uh, money that's been coming into fund uh, startups in this uh, in this industry which is crazy we should mention visage when we do that since they sponsor visage. this podcast uh yeah I pronounced it visage and got abused for that i'm sure because they're french they wouldn't allow that it's i not... took german what am i gonna do i <laughs> ich weiß nicht i don't know, I don't know. uh so uh, what service did you use and i know you reached out directly and asked me for my address yeah. Um, so how many people did you have to do that with? Did you automate it? Uh, and what service did you use to send out the swag? Yeah, that was that was old school shit. Uh, I mean, I didn't have thousands of people. So this was, uh, you know, we have a few we have about 300 or so users now on Poach. At the time that I started, I had, you know, 100, 150. Mm -hmm. And I just emailed and said, hey, if you guys if you want free shit from me, uh, give me your fill in your address and we'll send you stuff. Yeah. And the goal of it was really um, like I, I feel like most companies will just send you stuff and not want anything in return. And they hope that you'll put it on social media or you'll talk about it or have it on your desk or whatever. Um, I try the strategy I tried was like, I'm going to send you like a little thing. Uh, I think in this case, it was a magnet. Yep. And I said, and if you if you show this somewhere, take a picture, put it on social media, tag poach, uh, we'll send you something better. Yeah. So we sent, I don't know, let's call it 25 uh, magnets to people. Yeah. Let's call it 10 people to 15, put it on their fridge, put it on their butt. Like, I mean, people had fun with it, of course. Yeah. Uh, it is still me. And uh, if they did that, then a few months later, I emailed, I don't know if you got this or not, but so I mailed out a, uh, a Yeti coffee mug Yeah. to people. Yeah. So the idea is, give them a little bit of a cheap thing and then I hope ask them to share it. And if they do in return, we'll send you something nicer. Right. Um, and I, like I, I think it works. Yeah. I think people are willing like, okay, if you're going to send me a Yeti or a Patagonia pullover or, yeah. you know, something nice, I'll put Open it on social DC. media for you. Right. And, and most of, most of the people I targeted were people with networks, mm -hmm. you know, you and, and, hung and uh, lars and you know right. the, all the guys that all the guys and gals i know have networks uh got something probably yeah and the, the magnet's still on my fridge and i get asked Boom. my wife on a regular basis what is this i'm like don't worry about that well poach eggs in the fridge i mean there you, you know go. it could yeah. it makes sense i guess i don't know so why don't we describe what poach is real quick for those who don't know Sure. Poach is a recruitment intelligence tool 
I'm making this up on the fly, that aggregates content from the web, including employee reviews and business news, mm -hmm. to create daily sentiment scores at a company for recruiters to monitor those companies to see when sentiment is low and why it's low, and then poach or go recruiting accordingly based on the information that we're gathering mm -hmm. from the web and presenting to you uh, in a graph format, more or less. Yeah. And so it's it's daily sentiment analysis. So, you know, when your competitors are down, you might want to give their people a call if you're recruiting from them actively. Yep. Um, and it's not super expensive. Uh, you, you know, you're kind of in beta right now, but it's not uh, going to be super expensive. It's, I think, priced affordably. And I think that uh, the value there is so real, I can touch it. I mean, I've now recommended it to four of my current customers. Great. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we're going to be setting up some meetings. Yeah. I mean, a great example. So Nokia, a company everyone knows, uh, a few weeks ago announced tens of thousands of layoffs over the next uh, 24 months. Right. So if you had been tracking Nokia in our system, sentiment would have gone down. And you would have been alerted like things that happened that made it go down, which were the announcement of layoffs. Another interesting um, way that it was used or would actually save you time. Uh, Goldman Sachs recently, a story came out about inhumane work environment. And there was a survey of 13 employees in San Francisco, which is not a scientific survey whatsoever. <laughs> but so it, it made for great headlines and people were like, Goldman Sachs sucks and it's inhumane. Well, if you if you had looked at the data on Poach, you would have noticed on Goldman Sachs that it was largely a positive uh, score, sentiment score for months. Right. And they had that one blip down. And so if you go and sort of dig into what was Glassdoor sentiment, what were what were reviews like on Indeed, what were new, like business news stories? It was all positive and their their CEO has a really high score. So you would have saved time with our tool by saying, okay, there's fire there, but or there's smoke there, but there's no fire. Right. Yeah. And don't rally the troops. Don't everyone call. Yeah, that's that's gonna do the opposite of what you want. Right. Uh, in a situation like that. That's cool. So uh when did you start poach? Like what was the the launch date? We launched uh version one in September. And we're week three into version 2.0. And this mm -hmm. is April 8th, yeah. 9th. Right. Um, so very early times, but you've already got uh, 300 users. And you're looking to get 1,000 pretty quickly this year, hopefully. Uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable. We'll we see. Do we'll get the we'll word out. We'll do it. We'll we're see. doing it right now. If, if the world is going to explode the way that uh, all the pundits say that it is and hiring is going to, you know, yeah. shock and awe everybody, then then, yeah, it, it should be a good year for a lot of people. You know, it's interesting. So what, what I do, my my the work that I do is I help companies attract talent. So it's not it's not just candidate experience. It's not just employer brand. It's not just funnel marketing and recruitment process. It's all those things. I look mm -hmm. at their whole you know, system and say, you've got holes here, 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 and here, and here are the fixes I would recommend for them. And that includes technology and other things. And there is a frenzy right now for that kind of work. Companies are dying to hire, uh, you know, warehouse workers and nurses mm -hmm. and like 
technology is going crazy as well. And so, you know, if that's any indication of a bounce yeah. back, I think, you know, there was a, uh, a prudential of all people. I didn't know they do surveys, but prudential uh, released a survey that said a third of millennials are going to leave their current job once the world opens back up. So millennials being what 78 million uh, people, if a third uh -huh. of those people say I'm out uh, right. that, that impacts recruiting and retention quite yeah. a bit. So be prepared for that. It's apparently coming. It's coming. And that means that there will be, um, you know, candidates with some experience available for lots of different kinds of jobs. I heard recently that the people who are most affected right now by this sort of influx of jobs, by people available for them mm -hmm. are the inexperienced, you know, entry level folks, because people who were experienced are doing those jobs right now. Yeah. Uh, and then the highly experienced folks, um, are having a tough time. And those people have to recalibrate and, and say, look, I'm willing to do any kind of job and take all that executive level stuff off your resume, if you ask me, because yeah. they're, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah. Um, Surprisingly, Uber and Lyft uh, announced this this week they're having a really hard time filling, uh, filling jobs, meaning yes. drivers. Now, granted, with the pandemic, driving means you might be in a car with sick people. And I understand that that, that would be a deterrent. But if you need money, uh, that's something a lot of people would, would opt to do. So the fact that they're having challenges, right. I think speaks to everyone's challenges moving forward. Yeah. And they've gotten to a, a kind of a saturation point where all the people who have done that job know what the pitfalls are. Mm. And, um, and so they have to find new audiences, uh, suddenly for job candidates. That's interesting. Do you know what the churn is at I, Lyft and Uber? I don't, but it's high. Yes. Um, and, and it's the problem with that is it's not just seasonal, but it's people coming in and out of that type of work. Uh, right now, we're having a problem because everyone's getting stimulus checks and yeah. potentially IRS uh, refunds and uh, things like that. And so no one's applying to jobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cost, cost for Indeed right now is uh, through the roof. And it's a, a cost per hire on indeed is really expensive and so we're having to optimize for time of day that we're not competing with everyone else yeah on indeed um uh, the way we write the job description and the job title has to have a price in it it's got to have a, a an hourly wage and lots of other things in order to get people to even click through yeah the old indeed seo the old indeed seo <laughs> is is the new indeed seo and you know yeah. it's never changed any of that yeah because yeah. indeed is the same old thing no matter what they tell us there's not much different about indeed oh they're trying to tell us different things though they sure are yeah. uh you know i like indeed uh just fine they do a fine job yeah. they used to come to my office uh every month and say how do we get your spend up and i just look at them and say i'm not sure that's a strategic conversation yeah it's like yeah. bitch i can't spend any more <laughs> on you right. i don't yeah. have any more money how do we get my roi up that's what i wanted yeah they used to beg you for 50 dollars a month for pay-per-click and now right. uh now they're yeah oh yeah they've it's, taken it's, it all it's insane all right so you've got a very successful podcast uh the chad and cheese show it's huge. Uh, it's huge. Joe Rogan, we're coming for you. Joe Rogan is looking. He's <laughs> that looking $100 million dollar buyout's coming any day now. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you've been you've been doing it now how long? Oh, four years. We celebrated four years in March. 
That's crazy. Who does anything for four years anymore? <laughs> Not Let's see, you, you and I have been divorced how many times in aggregate? Yeah. yeah anyway. That's, that's, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, um, podcasting is one of those things. And I learned it uh, blogging early on that you, you if you do it, you got to do it. You can't. Right. Everyone has two or three blog posts in them, but can you do it for a year? And everyone has a podcast or two in them, but that doesn't mean you should have a podcast. So when we started, uh, I said, look, if we make zero money or if our sponsor leaves, like we're still going to do this for 12 months right. and we're going to commit to it. And we were, we were fortunate enough, Chad and I, uh, that we apparently filled a void that needed to be filled and talked about stuff that people like to hear talked about. And discussing uh, about HR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> throwing indeed under the bus usually yeah. uh linkedin people love you know zip recruiter getting abused and uh, -huh. uh no i mean it's it's um like you mentioned at the end at the beginning of the show that the the, the amount of money that's coming into the space is ridiculous um right. the amount of change that's happening in an it's been it's been on steroids because of the pandemic so the amount of money that's going into work from home employee mental health mm -hmm. uh we work style stuff. Where am I going to, you know, set up shop and do like all that stuff has been hyper, hyper focused. And then now as we're coming out, it's all about like the reopening of yeah, everything. I, it, it's every, every email you get now is how to come back to work safely. And it's, we've just forgotten about the fact that we're not, yeah, no, nobody wants to come back to work. Yeah. I mean, Salesforce came out early and said, we're going hybrid. Either you can half it, you can work from home or you can be in the office and it's sort of up to you. And then Amazon came out and said, we're default is you're at work. That's right. Uh, so it, that's the expectation there. And then Google came out and said, if you want to work from home, you have to uh, make, make your case for why you should work from home. And you're on, you're on like, um, you're on a time, like you, your time to do that is minimal and you have to reapply to yeah. have work from home. So all these companies that spend a lot of money on real estate and rents and parking, you know, they don't want to just flush that money down the toilet. And That's if right. they can get people back to work, I think that they are. That feels like the trend now. It's not peanuts. And, no. uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of work. One of my customers is Cisco. And I'm working with their Meraki division, which is their cloud intelligence uh, dashboard. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, same thing, they're hybrid right now, so they say. And uh, some people need to be in the office, and that's just a, a fact. My wife uh, works in global immigration, and she works for the largest global immigration law firm in the world. And their admins and clerks have to be in the office because they have to print physical documents and file them still. Yeah, that's that's how backwards the law profession is. And there's a lot of companies like that. And so we're not going to have this panacea of everybody staying home. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I think I think back to your podcast, we, we divert back yeah. to your podcast. Uh, you you have talked about the issues very well, uh, cursed about the issues, let's say, in a, a flight of the Concords. It ain't way. just a curse show, Craig. <laughs> Remember the old uh, Eddie Murphy Raw where he's talking yeah. about uh, Bill Cosby Phil Flarn, and you, Flarn, Phil Flarn Filth and, <laughs> and Eddie's like, you can't just give it no curse show. You can't just go on stage and say, dick, pussy, good night or whatever it was. Yes, yeah, so it's not it's not just a curse show, 
Craig. I'm aware you did it at my conference uh, (laughs) on stage. With Bill, yes. Yeah, at 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 Toyota's headquarters in front of 350 people. And it was more than just a curse show. I agree. It was also more than your allotted time. You never let me know what the feedback was on our session. So it must have been amazing. It must have been so fantastic. The the feedback was great. Uh, People just wanted to drink alcohol, I think. Hey, our show is great for that. And it gets better the more you drink. That's right. Um, That's what I found anyway. Uh, So (laughs) That's the whole conference, I think. You and I uh, go way back. You did one of the very early TalentNet live conferences and was the first one San Antonio. Austin, was I think, first was one the first Dallas. one. Austin? It? it feels like Austin. Maybe you, Dallas. Well, you, you had one in Chicago, like the outskirts of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there might have been an earlier one. You did a few. We did one at, uh, at Rackspace in San Antonio. You remember yep, that? I remember we that. Had, uh, we had Robert, what's his name there, from uh, Rackspace. He's kind of persona non grata now. Yeah. Uh, but check this out. You remember this? Yeah, I do. This I do remember that. These were giveaways for that uh, Rackspace conference. Rackspace provided them. And I ended up with three cases extra that I had to yeah. drag home in my in my truck. How many are left? Uh, like two. Oh, uh, this, okay. And, and I'm on the I'm on the last page. Sorry, the last page. There you go. Yeah, we're... we're so were those uh, Christmas gifts to the now. kids? I mean, like what... Uh, how'd you get no, rid of those? So I've used them consistently and uh, Jennifer <clears throat> uses them, my wife. So uh, they're... They've... Yeah, they're beautiful. They're leather-bound mm-hmm. notebooks. Yep. And they're thick. They're just the right size. And and they've got a story behind them. So anytime I whip one out, everyone, you know, I always ask, what is that? Well, we used to have hashtag TNL instead yeah. of until these Filipinos... Uh, Turn that into teens in love. Yeah, Rackspace was a cool company. It was a cool company, and uh, it was a cool headquarters that they had. Yeah, it was a mall. We had a a neat event there. Yeah, it was an old Uh, mall from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Your your requirements were back in those days. (laughs) Take out all the all the brown M and M's. Those were my requirements. Take out all the brown M and (laughs) M's, and and I need to go to. Papacitos. Yes. For lunch. Yep. You can get me Papacitos. I mean, yeah, at some point, uh, for lunch or dinner or drinks, then, then I'll, I'll show up. Uh, and the idea was you were going to see your dad too, right? Lives down here. Yeah. Food, Mm -hmm. my dad, food, (laughs) my dad, that was the order of what I needed. Well, and a couple times you and your dad both went to Papacitos, I think. Of course. Uh, were you living in uh, the greater Phoenix area when you started with that? Uh, yeah, when I came down, it was, I'm going to say 2011, 12, around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I was at jobbing the first time or a few times that I came down. I think uh, so. I, might have, I may have been. They just let me go for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was in Phoenix for sure. <laughs> There's no story there. <laughs> I know this story. Hey, we can talk uh, about paradox if you want. We could talk about that. We could talk about paradox a lot. So all these companies that we've we've dogged so far have all been sponsors of TalentNet at some point. Yeah. And and hopefully they'll all come back. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Like what are you what are you doing with live events? Are you gonna get back in person soon? I like I can't imagine the virtual stuff it works. So the virtual event 
uh, actually gets pretty good engagement if it's done well. Yeah. Um, and I was one of the early players there. And so a lot of the organizations, uh, employers, um, a lot of the other conferences ask me to produce their events. Mm. So I've got the, I've got the platform on Hopin, which is expensive. And so people yeah. can just use my platform and it's their event powered by TalentNet Media or whatever. Uh, and Jim Schneider and I kind of do that together, which is, mm-hmm. which is fun. We partner on stuff. Um, but so you think like, are you going to stick with that? Are you going to have both live and virtual? What's the uh, future? It's going to be, it's going to be hybrid. Okay. Uh, and so hybrid events are the new thing. That's what Hopin is pushing. And I don't know if you know, but Hopin has purchased StreamYard and several mm-hmm. other platforms for this kind of collaboration uh, that we're doing right now. And, you know, they're they're the biggest player. They're based in UK. Yeah. And um, they, they have this big push about hybrid events, which is a good idea because we've streamed some of our events before to Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, whatever. And we get some viewership. But if you actually market it as, you know, get your ticket and you can watch from anywhere, a lot of us are going to be in person. And so Mm -hmm. you'll get to see that interaction and you'll get to see the audience and we'll take the camera around to talk to audience members and you can interact. Um, I think there's something there. So now all I have to do is find a willing employer who will let, you know, enough people into their headquarters to have a talent net event in the fall. It's going to be November 12th. So should think about coming back November 12th in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the best virtual, and I haven't been to a lot, but the, the, the one that I attended that I thought, okay, there's something here mm-hmm. was a Chris Russell, uh, job board con, I think he called it. And it yeah. was, it was three hours, mm-hmm. which was manageable and it was broken up pretty nicely. So like he did a 15 minute thing and then Peter Zolman came on and talked about the industry. And then there was another 15 of Chris's thing. Mm-hmm. And then like Ethan came on and did their thing and there was interaction and then it was over. And there was kind of like a happy hour thing that maybe 20 people showed up to, but the, the three hours seemed enough. And the, the content was focused enough that mm-hmm. I was engaged. Yeah. So I think if you do short, really hyper-focused thing, you know, presentations mm-hmm. that you can grab people that are really interested in that thing uh yeah. pretty well you might only have you'll, you'll have under 100 people in most cases but they'll be really engaged and interested and you should be able to find sponsors that just do mm-hmm. you know those little those little things well and we have and we've we've always uh, got good sponsors for these events and we've been racking up you know 300 plus uh, yeah. people for a half day event or more and um it's been good uh so i mean we ended the last talent net uh, event in the spring in march with me torian ellis celinda appleby and adi barreto and we literally did pronoun talk it was i don't know what pronouns to use what's appropriate is anything is there a, a hard and fast rule yeah why should I be offended or not offended? You know, I got to play dumb white guy and, but you know, I try to be uh, aware and my events are always diverse, but you know, there's only dumb white guys who are owners of conferences in the space. Yeah. And so they take a big hit when there's not enough diversity in their lineups or 
you know, in their advertisements yeah. or whatever. So I, you know, I try to be a good defender of the, of the business. Uh, you took, you took key, you're on that Mount Rushmore, uh, Waylon, uh, whatever <laughs> album cover. That was you know, rough. It's, it's funny that poor guy, um, we were only four of the 15 podcasts that he had recorded and more than half of those were females or diverse females. Uh, and he just put that together just for fun to be funny. Yeah. And, but look at all of the publicity he got from it. What a, what a great deal. I mean, and I'm an innocent bystander. I didn't make that. Right. I was just sitting there on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But Sherm's coming back full throttle, live event. Uh, in the event, the people who make a living on events want yeah. events back. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think we're like the big guy. I mean, there'll be HR tech for sure. Sherm will still have their thing, and but I think like LinkedIn and like those corporate events. I think those will continue, and people will, will want to go. Yeah. And I think these small niche. You know the local events that you have, the what you know the, the I don't know the virtual really focused stuff. I think there's a space for that. I think the middle is where it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, the ERES, the TA techs, the yeah. you know those social those, recruiting strategies. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. That, I think those will be sense. interesting. Yeah, and you know I talk to Dave Manister a lot, and he's he's on the fence right now. He's not sure what he's going to do yet. Uh, I got a I got. A notification from Florida Sherm uh, that they're going to do a live event, big live event. Their event's almost as big as Sherm National. Yeah. Um, and so the last time I hung out with uh, Chris Brogan was at uh, Florida Sherm. And so Florida's going to Florida. Yeah, Florida's going to Florida. So I'm going to try to talk him into meeting me there and uh, see if we can do a bit together. There's no doubt people want to get out. Yeah. Everyone is cabin fever get the hell out of here um so people want to people want to leave uh vendors want to exhibit yeah they do the question will be will attendees also want to get out and more importantly will their companies now knowing that they have virtual as an option pay for them to travel and go to these events and i think they will and i think there's i think there's a reason so we talked about this appetite for uh, new tech, better processes, you know, fill that funnel, um, you know, talent in general. And the tech companies are getting funded. I mean, it's, it's, there's a huge influx of, of cash coming in. You guys talked about it on your podcast. Yeah. But well, you know, will uh, will the recruiting team at, uh, you know, company a pay for all of them to go to HR tech? I think they'll send two people, right? Yeah. I mean, it used to be 15. Now I think it'll be two. But um, it's still, it's hard to go to a virtual conference or just go online and get all the information you need about enough companies uh, to make a good, uh, you know, unless you hire somebody like me that already knows all the companies, right? So if, if you just said, you just said a hybrid conference where yeah. there are people there, but then also we're streaming the events live. Yeah. So the question people will ask is, well, if you can get all the content without going, then the going part is just yeah. the social part and, and whatnot. So but I, I think there's something there's something there because you can visit a virtual booth and watch a video, mm -hmm. but that takes time. Or you can walk by 14 booths and pick up a brochure and shake hands and exchange business cards. 
and have a little bit of a relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the, I think there is something for the live event. We'll see. Um, but the, the money coming in for these vendors is insane. And, you know, Visage just raised $7 million and, uh, you know, in a series a and what 7% of startups in this space ever even get to a series a maybe if they're lucky. Yeah. And, And Joss and I did a, we podcasted about that and he's like, it was rough. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I mean, people are telling me my baby's ugly and yeah. <laughs> there's a whole lot of that. And yeah. they, you know, they went to you know, dozens of different avenues uh, to get there. And they finally found the right partner who had, you know, invested in the space before done their homework. Yeah. Yeah. Had, had good returns, but he yeah. says an interesting thing and, you know, I never thought about it this way. He says the only major exit that's ever happened in our space is LinkedIn. Yeah. Depends what you define as major, but I um, yeah. I mean, 20, 26 billion. Yeah. is pretty major. I mean, if you look at, you know, monster sold for a whisper number of five to 700 million right. uh, career builder, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, after they the, could have, yeah, made the, a lot the, more. the job board business is a shitty business. Uh, I mean, indeed who we think of as the 800 pound gorilla I mean, they required for a billion dollars, right? right? Like in the big scheme of business, that's yeah. that's like it nothing, is. right? Yeah. I mean, it's not nothing, but it's not twenty six billion. It's not Slack at twenty eight billion, and uh, right. what all with social networks. So yeah, like Dice is now, Dice is trying to be a marketplace because they They're figured back. out like, mm-hmm. oh well, if Upwork and Fiverr and and Lyft and Uber can be about, you know worth this. Well, we're mar- we're a marketplace too. We're not a job board. Absolutely. You know. Uh, so this. Well, it's, yeah, it's, that's what a CEO of a public company should do. That's um, right. uh, what you know, we'll see how that goes. I think the the t- techies are a different animal uh, than most other people. So we'll see. The, we'll see yeah, how that the, goes. The techies don't like this. They don't like video calls. Um, they. Uh, they like phone calls. They like Slack. They're okay with text. Um, they don't like LinkedIn. And so yeah. if Dice has a better methodology to communicate with those folks, and they all still look at Dice as a legitimate place, uh, from my experience with these techies, having recently... Even even the employed ones, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. um, yeah I mean, look, they're they're mostly introverts uh and this is just generalizing you know like crazy but um there's not there's i mean you can you can get recruited from github but it's not a place where you keep your resume you just keep your code right so i i I think yes uh dice has something and i hope i wish them luck they sponsored me they sponsored my life for years they sponsored me and bill borman to go around the world twice yeah uh yeah i mean i i wish them well we'll see <laughs> uh-huh they have one fan at least they, they have one, one fan. big fan one big fan we're trying to uh, get art on the show he's he's not having it really yeah we've oh. we've nicknamed him dart because he avoids us what uh so who is his handler that's giving you the runaround 
Oh, I don't even think it's a runaround. It's just it, it, they ignore us. Hmm. I mean, we we talk show on the show all the time. Uh, yeah, the last time was a TA, uh, TA Tech or some other conference, and he spoke, and we we tried to like. I think Chad went up to him and said, "Hey, can we get twenty minutes for the show?" And I think he responded positively, and then disappeared, like just, just bounced. Um, His and we, PR people said, "No." You're yeah, and we've definitely tried. Uh, with his PR folks early on at this point, we just uh, give up. I mean, he's got an important job. He has shareholders. Yeah. Uh, the last thing he needs is to be put on the hot seat from two dumb asses like us. Well, that's true. Um, and you know, just so you know, he's done my podcast multiple times. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he seems very charming, very, very I, European polite. I have, I have met him and he is a good guy. Um, but we could spend hours on dice. We could. I don't know if we could do <laughs> hours not. on dice. We should but. not. Uh, okay. So uh, what do you think of Clubhouse? Throwing curveballs at you. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so a few things. Uh, one is what has surprised me is the speed at which other big tech companies have copied Clubhouse. Yep. Um, and I, I, I liked the rollout of clubhouse, the invite only the Gmail style. You got to have invites, which have worked, worked great. Yep. Uh, when Gmail launched, um, right. today, if you <laughs> slow roll something out, that's mm -hmm. popular, you know, you've hit People a small fraction. It's like everyone else is already doing it. So to me, the days of just like slow rolling invite only, um, really hot tech is probably dead. That seems like a bad idea now. Um, Interestingly, they still have server issues on a regular basis where everything freezes up and you're in the yeah. middle of a conversation. And, and so yeah. their, their theory was what they said was they did that so that they could get the tech right and get their servers ramped up and, you know, have, uh, adjust for load and capacity and things like that. Yeah. I, but it's not, not yeah, I, I get that. Um, so there's a marketing piece and there's a technology piece. Um, but I don't know, in 2021, audio, uh, mm -hmm. AWS, like scaling that doesn't seem too hard. But anyway, so so I have opinion on that. Um, and then like, so for me, I have a, you know, I have thousands of people on Twitter <clears throat> that are that I'm connected to. And they just launched a competing product. So mm -hmm. for me, like if I did, if I were to do this, I already have thousands of people on Twitter that are all recruiting talent, folks, whatever. I right, could you launch, have to build a new network. Yeah, we could do this on Twitter. Yeah, and ideally, we could have tens or hundreds of people, you know, sort of join in. Whereas Clubhouse, you know, I have maybe twenty connections, and that was just sort of random. But it, I, I'd have to grow that network from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, that that seems. Uh, not ideal to me. And the, the, the third thing is, is I just, they need to fix the whole epiphany. I get pinged. Craig Fisher's talking about whatever with Bill mm -hmm. Borman and Lars. Okay. I'll stop my day and listen in. Um, hopefully I catch it at the beginning where I get all the good, you know, the stuff that's set in the table. If I don't, then I come in halfway. Right. What did I miss? There's Q and a from people I don't know. Um, There's no notes. You can't. No, yeah, no show notes, no intro to like, here's where it's just like sort of an epiphanous. Can't like anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can. A lot of the things we're used to, right? You, you, you can't do, you can tap your mic. If you're, yeah, I mean, that's another thing too. I mean, audio quality uh, Mm -hmm. is sort of random. I mean, you and like, I have a mic here right now and Mm -hmm. I hopefully sound pretty good, but uh, if I were, if I were in a subway somewhere and broke out, yeah. Yeah. So there are quality issues. Uh, Not everyone should have a mic and talk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Clubhouse is is showing us that. Yes. So, uh, dude, I don't know. They'll be bought by somebody and it'll be a, it'll be a feature that, everyone Mm -hmm. has i mean linkedin is going to do it apparently um linkedin makes a little more sense to me because companies that have followers like they could schedule a thing where we're going to talk about new features or we're going to highlight a a a customer yeah that seems to make a little more sense to me than just random people talking about shit on clubhouse it makes a lot more sense and early on we had conversations on clubhouse about Lars and I did one saying, you know, talking about how employers could use Clubhouse to, you know, host little sessions for job seekers. Sure. And there are young job seekers uh, on Clubhouse. I've been in some big rooms where there are a lot of college age kids listening in and asking how to get in with a company, that sort of thing. And then they built an interesting thing. I tweeted something this morning about how, you know, Clubhouse has built a, an interesting platform. Now they have to defend it because they've got seven major players. Mm-hmm. you know, knocking on their door. Lars and I are going to go live on Twitter spaces later this afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we may just decide that's much better. I'm in the, I'm somehow got roped into this big lunch with champions. We're going to 10 X or whatever okay. uh, thing every Wednesday. And so I'm a moderator of this massive and that's clubhouse. Room. That's clubhouse. Okay. And what it's turned into when I first got there, I was learning things because uh, creators and marketers and uh, techies were talking about tools and techniques and things all the time, dropping knowledge bombs. After you've done that all day, every day, and when do these people work, by the way? Yeah. What you get to now is people just pouring their hearts out about their emotional stories because they get this platform. And that seems to be what sells on Clubhouse. And I can't take it. I don't watch soap operas for a reason. So let me understand this. Yes. These are people that are attending your session and saying, Hey, I have something to say. And you say, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. And then they talk, not people that are putting on these, these, uh, events well, uh, both. or both. So, so what we found is, um, a, a combination of the moderators speaking and telling stories okay. or doing popcorn questions to each other. Yep. Uh, and then bringing the audience on to talk about things and ask questions. And but they turn into these soliloquies and uh, so these in all turn into my room in any room that I go to now on Clubhouse, whenever I try to listen in, it's just people dialoguing. Uh, so it's like about, therapy sessions. Absolutely. It's very much. And so I get people listening to that and, you know, kind of saying, oh, that's me. I feel this way. And I, you know, these people understand me. And so I, yeah. I understand that people need. I don't know, camaraderie and motivation and things like that. So there's a, a place for it. It's just, I, I don't have time. I'm too busy. You know, I've got- remember when, uh, when, f- and like the whole live stream thing and Facebook was really pushing, Hey, we're at the game. And woo-hoo. I mean, yeah. nobody does that. Like no. this feels like, let's just do that in audio. Yeah. When I get a notification that someone's going live, I have to scramble not to touch my phone. Cause I don't want to see, anybody's live broadcast 
Yeah. I don't want to accidentally get in there. I mean, unless it's a friend of mine and I'm supporting them for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, you know, or you Con can, yeah, Kanye or someone yeah, if, famous. If, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I get it, dude. Uh, I we did, have kids, we have lives. We can't just like push pause and listen to an hour of that's right. Whininess and commentary about everything. I, I I'll listen to it sometimes when I'm out walking. And now, if they create a library where it's sort of podcasty and oh, what what topics were talked about, and people can rate the sessions, and okay, I'll listen about Indeed SEO. Like I want to learn about that, and they talk right. about it. But these things tend to be really random mm -hmm. and go in different places. But anyway, I mean, there's. There's promise there. I do like the LinkedIn. I think I think Twitter for our age that have mm -hmm. a network, they're going to do it on Twitter. I have yeah. no interest in building a new clubhouse following. No, it's not interesting, and it's it's a it's a rat race. I don't need. Uh, yeah. If I needed it, I guess I would have some appetite for it, but I don't have anything to prove at this point in my career. I don't think so. Not, not to anyone else but me. Yeah. I tell myself it's not that I don't get it anymore. It's yeah. just because I don't want to build a new network. And it, that helps me sleep better at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in touch. I'm still well, hip. Uh -huh. Yeah. Tuka, tuka, tuka. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So speaking of uh, nobody's got time for this crap and we've got kids and things to do. Joel, yeah. thank you for joining the Inside Talent Podcast today. Uh, we appreciate your service and the uh, Love Poach, really cool. Everyone Thank tune you. That's in. Poach.ai, by the way, Craig. Poach. Don't let people go without the domain. How can people get a hold of you, Joel? Uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Joel Cheeseman. There's no e, e after the S. Uh, Joel Cheeseman on Twitter. Uh, check out chadcheese.com and check out Poach.ai. Follow one company for free. <laughs> we out. We out. Thanks, Joel. Thank you for listening to Inside Talent. Learn more about the future of talent today at InsideTalent.org, where you can sign up for regular updates, and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app.